All right. Welcome to another amazing episode of Towel Light Talk. Uh, this edition, we have our lovely Don Dor is here. Hey, everyone. Don is our uh, video game video game music aficionado, <laughs> I would say, for the site, for Don't Forget a Towel. Um, so we uh, got to talking about how we wanted to do a podcast about um, kind of like the evolution of rhythm-based games, and so we're going to get ready. We're going to start the show. Really can't wait. A lot of fun stuff to talk about, and especially with the new games coming out this year, it's going to be great. All right, let's get to it. Are you ready? Three, two, one, go! So let's talk about kind of the game that started it all um, with rhythm-based games, and that's 1996, Parappa the Rappa. Did you play this? I actually did not. I mean, I saw a lot about this game. It was very... Everyone was really excited about it because it was different than anything that had really been coming out at the time. Um, the animation style was really kind of unique for for the kind of for the systems that it was coming out on. But no, actually, I never really got a chance to play this. Um, there are many games that came after it that are very similar to it, um, but I actually did not play this game. Did you? I absolutely did play this game because um, you were a fighter and a rapper and you were like this weird dog. Um, what I was going to say is, and I don't know, I, I literally just thought about it as we were, as we were talking here. So um, back in college, my college roommate uh, made movies and all his movies are based off of video games, which I don't know why I haven't showed you any of these yet, <laughs> but one of them is on Prappa the Rappa. Oh my God. So, and I play, actually, I played the DJ from Jet Grind Radio in a rap battle in the movie. <laughs> so um, look up X-Strike Studios. And you can find the Preppa, the Rappa parody, and it's it's killing me that I can't remember what the name of it is, but you'll blatantly know, because all the characters look like Preppa, the Rappa, and <laughs> we mix in a little Jet Grind Radio and whatever. Pretty much all the games that we're going to talk about today, <laughs> there's little pieces in that movie. Um, that's like 2003, 2004. Actually, I don't even think Rock Band was out at this time. But yeah, right. Preppa, the Rappa, um, I, definitely, I definitely played it. Nice. Yeah. Um... The one big thing now, correct me if I'm wrong, Prepper the Rapper had all unique music. Like, it, was, it wasn't, like, it was all uniquely made for the game. Oh, yeah. Anytime you're talking about kick, block, kick, <laughs> chop that onion. Like, that was <laughs> what it was like. And I remember you had to do fighting combinations. So it would be like, you know, and it was for the PlayStation 2, so triangle, triangle, square. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So that's how you did it at that time. And I remember it wasn't... It wasn't super hard. It was more like the songs were really infectious mm -hmm. after having to play them over and over and over and over to like beat like whoever it is that you were trying to fight. So it was basically you would do a level and then like you would have to fight like a different like a frog guy. There was like a chicken. That was the uh, one where you had to make food. There was like the guy who's training you who was like an onion head. So it was just <laughs> I don't know why they were like just weird fucking things. They're animals, but they're also like vegetables <laughs> so it was um definitely a fun game i think there was 
There was that, and then there was Unjammer Lammy. Oh, that's was right. Yeah, wasn't that like the spin-off yeah. or sequel uh, character um, from Parappa the Rappa? Yeah. Right. So, so what's next? So next, I mean, really quickly, so we start to see the com- the combination of Bamani and, and Konami, and they really kind <laughs> of took the music aspect of the game and the dance and that kind of thing. And kind of, that's where the explosion of all these game types kind of came out. Um, it's mentioned that, uh, so the first game that came out was kind of was beat mania in 97, which really predominantly was an arcade game. Um, more than, um, kind of a console game, especially just because there were so many buttons. (laughs) Um, it was kind of like in a way of playing piano. You can go on YouTube and you can check out beat mania videos and they're, insane um especially when you get to the really harder harder difficulties um but i think where the really the genre kind of takes off is when ddr was released um and guitar freaks was kind of an extension of beat mania um when it came out um obviously more specific to guitar though um but when ddr took off that was huge it kind of took the world by storm, if you will. Very popular in Japan, was released over here. I think DDR was one of the few games that saved American arcades for a little bit longer. Oh, absolutely. Um, like, yeah. It was one of those experiences that would is fairly difficult to recreate in the home um, without uh, a significant financial investment. Well, did you... Did you do that? I had pads. Yeah. But they're like the little, like, flimsy, like... Not hard, like, not, like, solid dance No, pads. they were, like, the pads that you used, like, the Nintendo track pad. Exactly. That's pretty much exactly what the DDR pad was. But they moved all the time. It still wasn't oh, the yeah, same experience. Oh, yeah, Yeah, it still wasn't oh, yeah. the same experience as yeah, the arcade. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, that really became, that was huge in Japan. So, it's 99. Yep. Huge in Japan. Finally came over to the U.S. Um, was popular for a while. They released, I mean, they released tons of DDR games in the U.S., um, all different stuff. They had Disney ones. They had, you know, all the standard ones that were released in Japan just with additional songs that were added, um, all sorts of stuff. I think it was really cool because they introduced a lot of um, J-pop artists in the United States, which is a lot of great music um, that they brought over here. Um, This also led itself to the launch of another game on the computer called Step Mania, which was also released in 2001. This was um, basically open source software that allowed users on the computer to create their own dance tracks to their own music and um, and create videos and all that kind of stuff. It basically became an open source DDR. If you had a dance pad you could hook into your computer, you were all set. It's still being continuously updated to this date. Um, with new songs obviously being added all the time. There's a huge community for it, and it just kind of continually updates. I think that in a big way this is kind of why um, the jo- part of the reason why DDR kind of died out in a way. I think with the arcades obviously in a major way going away as well. Right. Um, they kind of just eroded that audience for that kind of game. But it's, I mean, if it weren't for DDR, we would not have everything else we're going to talk about. No. And I think um, one thing I didn't really think about when I was doing research for this is that DDR, not only did it change things for console or arcades, um, a little bit for consoles, but definitely for arcades, but it also changed a lot of like mashups 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I feel like that was really popular with DDR. Like, you would take a lot of, like, your normal songs and mash them up together, mm-hmm. which we'll, we'll definitely talk about when we get to um, DJ Hero. But um, I think it was kind of cool, like, if you were a DJ, probably you made songs for DDR. <laughs> like, because I don't know who else was making these, these songs. It's true. A lot of these songs were, were definitely remixed or redone. Yeah. Um, DJs had a big part of that. I mean, you can look at artist track lists for DDR, and a lot of them very rarely are going to even necessarily reference the original artist for a lot of these songs. Some of them do, um, but it's a lot of DJs and that kind of stuff. And it's interesting because now... You know, DJs are very popular, they're mainstream and popular music, like we're familiar with a lot of these names, but back then that wasn't the case, it was always, you know, what the original track was, that's what we were familiar with. Right. So it's kind of changed in quite a big way how that goes. Um, So DDR is kind of one of those things where, yes, it started in 1999 and kind of leads into a lot of the games that we're going to talk about, but DDR was very relevant all the way through, you know, 2000 to 2010, I think by that point... Um, it did kind of fade away um, in lieu of some other games that we're going to talk about, but it was very relevant during this, you know, during especially the next couple of games that we're going to talk about. Oh, yeah, definitely. So you talked about Guitar Freaks for a second, and that was in 1998 over um, in Japan. To go along with that, in 99, there was Drum Mania. Um, It could work by itself, uh, a drum-based game, but it could also work in conjunction with Guitar Freaks, which Guitar Freaks inspired Guitar Hero, which we'll go in depth about, but the two of those together inspired Rock Band. This is the first time that you could use those two peripherals together in one game. Um, Obviously, Japan does everything first (laughs) when it comes to video games. The fact that they did it so... uh, I, well, I mean, like, six years previous right. until we finally get it over in America is shocking. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that Japan does everything first, because we're going to find out very soon that that actually changes for this genre. Okay. Because it gets handed over, because um, Guitar Hero and Rock Band were made by American companies. They were. Oh, yeah, they were. And But so, they wouldn't have come if right. it wasn't for... Right. Interestingly enough, I think that the American companies killed the genre. <laughs> killed it well like in like it's made com- it big or like destroyed the genre destroyed it oh eventually. absolutely no it's because america was like oh you like uh you like chicken oh okay well we're gonna open up a kfc at every single block <laughs> and then you're you know you're just gonna keep getting chicken <laughs> like we just over over every, everything everything so absolutely you're right <laughs> um so yeah i mean that's a big So that was a big thing, and we'll talk more about that, obviously, as we get into it. So kind of going into more games that were originally released in Japan and brought over here, we start talking about games for Dreamcast, which, interestingly enough, became kind of the next place where a lot of these um, music games came from, which makes sense because it was from a Japanese-based company. Can Uh, we just, real quick... Can we do a podcast on Dreamcast sometime? (laughs) Absolutely. Because I love that system. (laughs) Sadly, the one game that I have really fond memories of playing on Dreamcast was Marvel vs. Capcom 2, and I played that four days. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's not (laughs) sad at all. That that copy for the Dreamcast is a $100 game. Oh, my God. Did you know that? I didn't know Oh, fuck, dude. So, because... You can only play that game on consoles, mm-hmm. and then you could play it for Dreamcast, and I'm sorry I'm going off a little bit, um, but then it didn't come out again until 
uh, PlayStation 2, like, years later, and even the copy for PlayStation 2 is worth at least 75 or more. Mm-hmm. I bet you the Dreamcast versions, because I remember when Marvel vs. Capcom 2 came out for PlayStation 2, it was, A, extremely hard to find, and it was the only game that you could resell to a GameStop, which was worth maybe $5 cheaper, <laughs> which you know is impossible in GameStop that your game is actually worth what you bought for it. Right. But that was one of the one games where, like, if they were going to sell it, mm-hmm. they could get their all their money back. Mm-hmm. So Marvel vs. Capcom 2, I could... Oh, my God. That's I'm going to take you for a ride. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so, kind of talking about the the next two games that kind of came out at around the same time. So, we've got Samba de Amigo, um, which was a Morocco-based game um, for Dreamcast, which was kind of unique and kind of niche. Um, and we're going to talk about a couple other um, percussion niche-based games um, as we go here, just kind of, I think a lot of these companies were like, hey, we kind of want to get on the ground floor of this genre. Let's see how we can do things differently because we don't want to make the same game. So they kind of started to experiment. So that was one. Um, Space Channel 5 also came out in 2000 as well. This is very similar to Parabola the Rapper. Yes, this one is. And the one thing, though, that I think this game did better, and, and it's hard to compare it to a game that kind of sparked the genre, but... Um, Space Channel 5 is more musically based, is more music based than Parappa the Rapper is. Um, that game is more kind of speak and rhythm kind of thing and not necessarily as heavily based in like music. Um, as far as like, you know, following patterns of, of the music and things like that, it was more like following patterns of speech instead. Um, this was definitely more musically based and especially in the sequel that came out, um, to Space Channel 5 as well, which that sequel I think is quite a bit more popular because not only was it released on Dreamcast, but it would eventually get ported to um, Xbox 360 as well as PS3. So, And that's where I actually first played it. And it's really unique. It's an interesting experience. Um, Again, it's kind of the same thing. You have to press buttons in sequence that match along with the music or certain things like that. And you kind of follow. They give you a pattern. You repeat it back. And it's the same thing as, like, Parappa the Rapper. Yeah, I like, yeah, I like, Space, I like Space, 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 Space Channel 5. I like played both of these games um, heavily uh, <laughs> in college. So, yeah, definitely was a fan of that one. Um, and just, I wanted to say real quick... We might not get to every rhythm-based game. There's oh, we will definitely ton, be missing some. Yeah, there's a ton that we're probably missing, but these are the ones that really stick out to us that we played that I would deem is probably the most popular ones in America. There's probably a lot of you who have played these games, but you imported them from Japan that weren't easily... Because I know a lot of my friends did that, too, where they would import games from Japan. Um, I just don't know all of those ones. Yes, and we're going to talk about Guitar Hero and Rock Band, and we may not talk about every single iterance of those because there are a ton. Um, but we're not going to spend a lot of time on those two ones because they definitely are what propelled the musical-based games in, in America, right. for sure. So, um, kind of going on, um, you can talk about this one. The the I can't even know if I'm going to pronounce this Guitar Hero Man? <laughs> <laughs> I am not familiar with this. Uh, PlayStation 2, 2002... Um, it's it's another one where you know the um, the notes fall and you got to match up to them and you're just you're a, a guitar you're a little character who almost looks like um, uh, 
oh my god, what is that guy? Beautiful Joe. Oh, okay. A little bit mm-hmm. with a guitar, and you just fight guys. That's it. Nice. So same thing as as a Parappa or a Space Channel. Um, it's just kind of like more fun. I can't remember who makes that game. I feel like it's a Capcom game okay. based off of like how he looks and everything. But um, yeah. That, that was a fine... It was, it was fun. Was it a Japanese kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, okay. definitely. All right. So then we've got 2003, and what would this have been for? Was this 64, or was this GameCube? This is GameCube. GameCube, okay. Donkey Konga. Donkey Konga, which was Nintendo's foray into this genre, for better or for worse. Um, I had some experience with this game. I wasn't thrilled by it. I don't think it was the most rhythmically accurate, but then again, that's me being a musician. Um, And that's one of my biggest pet peeves about this genre as a whole, is that games that are not actually rhythmically accurate drive me nuts. Well, that's why you're on this podcast, (laughs) because I'm just a regular game player who doesn't know how to play any instruments, and I'm like, yay! Yeah, so I mean, I will, I would, you know, and, and we can talk a little bit more about this especially with indie games that they will because a lot of companies have jumped on this bandwagon um and especially with the advent of steam and things like that and the ability to get games out in the public um there's been a lot of games that have come out and my biggest pet peeve about some of these music games is they're not rhythmically accurate like if you press a key at the right time where you know it's supposed to be and you don't get a perfect like it drives me nuts so calibration is one of those really difficult things that some of these games have been better than others um i think guitar hero and rock band really kind of um helped to revolutionize a way to calibrate because um, they both had different styles of how to calibrate the controllers and things like that. Right. Um, especially when you had to deal with wireless devices, that was a big thing um, to calibrate the sync between what you saw on the screen and what you were playing on your controller. So, but yeah, from the kind of the musical aspect of this, it's like if if it wasn't right, for me, the game immediately becomes unplayable because I can't purposely do it wrong. <laughs> I think it's one of those things sometimes <laughs> where... Because I understand what you're saying. Um, I'll put it in, in Tony Hawk versus skate terms. Can I jump in the air and hit triangle and immediately grind? No. <laughs> Is it, you know what I mean? Almost to a point where like you jump in the air and it sucks you down onto, mm-hmm. the, onto the grind rail. Whereas if I'm trying to do that trick in skate... I'm going to fail every single time if I don't land exactly how it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like, you know, do I do I get to play and do I get to have fun even if I'm a little off? Right. Or do I go for more accuracy? And I, I can see both sides well, So of here's argument. the thing, right? So, like, if you're not 100% accurate but you're close, yeah. you'll do fine in any of these games. Right. Like, that's the thing. It What bothers me is if you're right – and, you're and they're right. telling you you're wrong. Right. That is that is <laughs> right. That's bullshit. Um, that that is my biggest pet peeve. Um, and especially you know on a lot of these games, one of the things we haven't talked too much about is most of these games have difficulty levels. So obviously you can play it on a very easy and it's a very casual experience. But as you get harder and harder, you have to be more precise and specific and be able to play faster and things like that. And that's where that um, you know that accuracy becomes a big can become a big problem. Um, I will say that as a general rule, Japanese games are spot on. They've never, they're right on um, as far as the accuracy of the sound and everything. You know, you, again, going kind of back to Beat Mania, like you couldn't 
be wrong. Right. <laughs> like, it, if you were doing it on these crazy high difficulties, you had to be right on top of the beat. Um, and I think that the Guitar Hero games and the Rock Band games were also very good with that, especially when you started adding other instruments like drums and things like that. You have to be right. Otherwise, you're going to mess everyone else up. Right. So, um, so I think that was a big part of it, too. I agree. Cool. Yeah. Elite... Oh, well, actually, let's do Karaoke Revolution next. Um, I played all of these. I got every single one of these. Of course you did. Um, uh, I didn't do SingStar. I I played SingStar because I think it was like... For these two types of games, I played both, but I think it was a matter of like SingStar was like... You could do like pop hits, 70s hits. I think it had more variety of songs. Mm -hmm. And when it comes down to this kind of shit, when you want to sing, or even with the Guitar Heroes and stuff like that, which we'll talk about, like... I think it was just like, what songs do I want to sing? Right. And they just had better variety. Karaoke Revolution was really neat because it had duets. Um, mm-hmm. SingStar didn't do that for quite a while. Eventually they did. Eventually. Um, so karaoke was really cool. I remember playing this in college all the time. Um, we just have parties and we would just sing. Um, but then again, I was with a bunch of vocal majors, which I am myself. So that's why we all loved doing it. Because we love the sound of our voice. I think it's funny that... Right. I think it's funny that it takes... So those are 2003 and 2004. It takes so long for them to get it right. It's like, okay, let's do a guitar game. Okay, let's do a singing game. Okay, let's do a drum game. Wait a second. What do a band consist of? (laughs) Yeah, I think their biggest problem with that, though, was that that is a ton of content to put together. Not to mention that it has to all sync together. The programming is. I'm just a stupid consumer who thinks that you should be able to do it. (laughs) But yeah, no, the programmers are like, fuck you, dude. (laughs) Guitar Hero was a huge thing when it came out. And when Rock Band initially I mean, there were problems with the initial Rock band it was not a perfect thing and it took you know it took the iterations to come afterwards for them to really kind of fan to finalize everything i mean band hero was not a great initial product when it came out um and that kind of thing so there was a lot of work to be done to kind of understand how to best get that to work and also to make each part an enjoyable experience on its own on top of it being even more fun when you put them all together right so i think that was a big part of that as far as, you know, these games, they were trying to kind of eke out um, really satisfying um, singular experiences yeah. before they kind of went on beyond that. And so since we're kind of also in this thing, another game I did want to bring up was a game called Taiko Drum Master, which you can kind of tell by the name of the Taiko Drum. This is a very Japanese game. Mm-hmm. Um, it did come with a little Taiko Drum, which was really cool. And you had these two sticks. Um, if you're not familiar with Taiko Drums... Um, they come in all varying shapes and sizes. You use two kind of like round sticks to kind of hit it. It's a very cultural thing in Japan. Um, but basically they, it was a series of being able to hit in the center of the drum and being able to hit on the side of the drum, um, and alternating between those things. They released it in the U S. Um, me and my friends played this quite a bit when it first came out. Um, two player mode was kind of entertaining because it kind of hands off between the two players, um, when you're playing against each other. Um, it had a lot of different songs. It had um, popular and rock songs, um, but it also had it had some anime stuff or television. They also had classical songs, which I really enjoyed because that's me. Um, that's 2004. Yes. So that was in 2004 um, and was made by Namco, um, which was kind of their one unique foray um, into the genre. So... 
And then we kind of hit Guitar Hero. Well, real quick, 2005, just around it. Oh, right, right, right. Elite Beat Agents um, on the DS. Yes. I believe this was one of the first mobile. Well, yeah, I guess the DS is a mobile game. Yeah. Um, I mean, nothing that revolutionized anything. It's just that I weren't those characters from something? I don't think so. They weren't? Mm-hmm. I thought they were from Kingdom Hearts. No, they definitely were Or not. Final Fantasy. Nope, definitely were not. Really? Yep. Okay. I'm positive. I, I believe you. <laughs> um, somebody else said I'd probably fight them, but... Um, yeah, okay, well, whatever. That was a fun game. I, I did play it for the DS. Um, it was just cool because you had the uh, the tapping, you know, with the... Um, what is that? That pen or whatever that you use for the DS. Mm-hmm. So yep. it was just a new and different type of way to play the game. So that was fun. Yep. And uh, let's see. So, I mean, they also on here, they, again, the same kind of thing is that they brought a bunch of different um, songs in here. However, ironically, these were all done as covers, um, which is something that we commonly saw in games up to this point. Um, many of the songs that would be included in here were done, were covers of the original songs. Um, kind of as we hit Rock Band and we kind of go forward, um, we're going to see a lot more of the original artist. Um, and this is where the original artists are going to start making money off of these games and that kind of thing. And as it gets much more popular, it becomes a much better way for another way for users to consume the music as well as the game itself. So before we get into that, I think this is a good time to take a commercial break. All this top 40 music is so boring. Jeez, I sure wish I had something geeky to listen to. Well, I've got just the thing for you, stranger. Who are you and how did you get in my house? Don't even worry about that. If you're looking for the latest, greatest, and geekiest podcasts around, you should check out Those Geeks You Know. Those geeks you know, wow, three friends talking about comic books, movies, TV shows, all the things that I geek out about. But seriously, you got to leave now. Be sure to check out Those Geeks You Know on iTunes and Stitcher. You can also like us on Facebook and Twitter and tell everybody that you know. You got to leave. I called the cops. I'm Chris. And I'm Casey from Gourmet Scum Radio. We're two cousins talking about geeky pop culture stuff. You a fan of television, music, and movies of the 80s? <laughs> well, we are too. Do you like being transported to galaxies far, far away and the threat of troglodytes that go boom in the night? Well, we're going to geek out about it. Have you ever scared yourself listening to ska music while reading a comic book and sipping on a tasty Jones soda? Then this is the podcast for you! Gourmet Scum Radio is here to tickle your holes and make you believe in dynamite explosions right second. Make sure to check us out on Stitcher and iTunes. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter and check out our website at don'tforgetatowel.com. You won't regret it! All right, so let's get into Guitar Hero uh, 2005, um, created by Red Octane, Harmonix, and Activision, um, best known at that time, I think, for like Spider-Man games, 
um, Tony Hawk games. Right. Activision is was at this point one of the definitely the major um, game developers out there. Harmonix is a fairly was a, an, a fairly unknown company at this yeah. point. They've been around for a bit, um, but they really hadn't released anything big. And really, truth be told, Harmonix as a company isn't going to be recognized until they make Rock Band. To be quite perfectly honest, I mean they had a hand in this game, and they're going to have a hand in Guitar Hero until they split. Um, but really, as a developing company, they're not going to be known until the Rock Band comes out. That's right. really going to be their big claim to fame when they start out. So, Guitar Hero is huge, right? It's the first game that is exclusively designed to work with this guitar controller, which is an actual guitar. We really haven't seen that specifically for guitars up to this point. Um, it also is going to have the original music by the original artists. Well, that we're going to see. I mean, there are covers, of course. Yeah. Again, it's still kind of the pseudo, right? You're going to see half and half or, you know, some majority of it being covers. But this is where it's going to start to change, right? Because musicians are going to see, hey, I can make money off of these right. games. You know, so let's do that. And also, your consumers are going to start wanting this. Because, quite honestly, the vast majority of consumers are not thrilled with covers, especially if they're exactly the same song. You know, they don't do anything unique to these songs. So it comes out. It's predominantly a single-player experience. Um, Only PlayStation 2. Right. And um, But it becomes really popular. You know, it, it does develop a community. The The difficulty is something that's a big part about this. You know, the the expert or the you know mode of these games is insane on some of these songs especially towards the the ends of these games because guitar hero was known to ramp up the difficulty of the songs as you kind of went through their single player experience so this became really popular um it definitely kind of rode the wave of the ddr and a lot of the other games that kind of came out of this this became and i think felt more of like an authentic american music game experience um, as opposed to games like DDR, which were definitely more Japan kind of ideas. I think that's why these games became so popular. They were American. They, it was an American experience, the rock band kind of attitude. And you can look at the art style of these games. It was very heavily based in that. It had a wide appeal of age ranges. It wasn't specifically meant for kids or things like that. Even though to this day, all of these games are edited, which I think is stupid. That's my own opinion. <laughs> for the music? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, um, well, you know, I think that was part of it is that, so for me playing Guitar Hero, I hate covers. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, sorry. I like fun covers. You know, I'm going to like Real Big Fish's version of Take On Me. I love that kind of stuff. But like when you're doing a game like this, which is like a shitty band playing one of your favorite songs, like, no, like I'm not into that. And I remember that was part of the the reason why, at least for the first Guitar Hero, I remember playing it and I really liked the controls. Um, I liked the difficulty. I like that we've never seen anything like it. You know, I've played the other games before that we talked about, but nothing had that peripheral like that guitar. And um, the, the only thing I couldn't get into at, at first was that the music that I had to play was covers. And I was just like, eh, I don't care as much right now um what did you remember I mean, the about biggest the it? biggest thing about guitar hero that i really liked was that it, it felt it was much closer <clears throat> to an authentic music experience 
Um, and I think that that's, that for me was kind of one of the bigger things, you know, with the strum, with the strum bar, with the whammy bar, those kind of things, it was really kind of neat because you actually felt like you were doing something. Um, as opposed to a lot of these other games, um, there was a method to fail. You could be not successful, right? Um, there were, they shut the song off (laughs) if you failed. Right. So they had a lot of these aspects to it that you know, kind of really made it feel like a, an authentic music experience. The big thing, though, and, and we'll get more into this as we kind of see the evolution of these games, is that the biggest they had not hit the biggest selling point of this genre yet. Um, this was kind of an introduction, a kind of it was certainly a test of concept to see if it was successful and if it was going to sell. Um, if people were willing to invest the money in the guitar controller or two guitar controllers. Um, and that kind of thing as well. So, also, we're going to start seeing yearly releases. Yeah. This is where we're going to see, thank you, Activision, you are the ones that killed this genre. Um, <laughs> which they're known for. I mean, you can look at how they kind of handled um, Call of Duty is another perfect example of that. Tony Hawk. Uh, Tony Hawk is another uh, example. They, the yearly release model that they brought out <laughs> Um, it's buzz. It's, it's a, it is overload. Um, especially when you have new controllers that you have to use or things like that, that can be very difficult, very, uh, a very large financial investment, um, for this kind of game. So, I mean, the biggest thing that also came in these new iterations was essentially just more songs, um, minor tweaks to gameplay, new things added, um, you can make your rock star look like a bunny rabbit. I mean, ridiculous things. Um, but ultimately the biggest difference was just more music that they were adding every year. Um, and so you have the iterations of Guitar Hero that came out. You had two in 2006, which was more music. Um, you had three in 2007, which... That's when... The split, right? Yeah, that's so, when Harmonix left. Yeah, so Harmonix pieces out, and they're going to build Rock Band. They want to build a whole um, unified experience. We'll talk about Rock Band's um, evolution uh, once we kind of wrap up Guitar Hero here. Um, 2007, so we've got Neversoft who jumps on board. Um, they're the ones who are responsible for Tony Hawk, really buddy-buddy with Activision as a development company. Um, you're going to see Neversoft's kind of art style definitely dominate the games going forward. Um, I think with the exception of when you see Band Hero, it looks very different. Um, but... Um, you kind of just see that edgy kind of art design that Neversoft is kind of known for. Um, so you see it releases, it does really well. Um, Guitar Hero 3 is the one that I bought. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was the first one I remember. And the reason why is because that was, um, I want to say it was like Heroes of Rock or something. Mm -hmm. And so that one had two guitars, Mm -hmm. uh, wireless guitars which was the first time you had a little piece that plugged into the playstation 2 transmitted a signal um it also had uh tom morello from rage against the machine and slash from uh guns and roses and they both did like their like weird original parts they had original songs where you had to battle them in it and i liked the music i remember um i want to say that's the one with Knights of Sidonia? No, I don't think that's that. Oh, maybe it is. 
with the muse, and that song's hard as hell. That mm. Dragon Force song. Oh yeah, to the fire and flames. <laughs> that song's <Yeah>. awesome. <laughs> but I remember in, in three. So this is a this is what Activision says. We don't we can't confirm it, but they said that 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 one copy, uh, sorry, game, Guitar Hero Three, has made more than a billion dollars in sales. It does not surprise me no, if it, it does. Not me either. Because that was a hugely popular game. And you could also play um, the wireless guitars. You could then go back and play the old games, right. which is huge because cross-playing like that is, is a big thing. So, yeah. The one big thing that we notice overall, like you could go back and play old games with instruments, but you could never play all of the songs in one experience. Right. Um, that was a big, in my opinion, of failure of Guitar Hero, especially as we get towards the end, um, where Rock Band is going to very much differentiate itself. Um, so we get through that. We hit World Tour, which is the first experience for Guitar Hero, where they're going to have all of the um, instruments. 2008. Um, combined, which is kind of following the heels of Rock Band. Um, obviously, they want to compete with them. So... They're going to bring that. They're going to bring a lot of known artists into the fold here that you're going to be familiar with. Uh, Hendrix. You got Jimi Hendrix. You got Ozzy Osbourne, Ted Nugent, all those kind of guys. Um, And so this is kind of, in my opinion, where Rock Band really just takes over. Um, This was not a great experience overall, um, Guitar Hero. And every step that Guitar Hero tried to differentiate itself now from Rock Band was not taken well, I think, overall. Did these games sell? Absolutely. Different songs, you know, and a lot of people would approach these games just be like, hey, it's different songs that I get to play. Great. Like, let's do that. Um, But there was a lot of overlap, and I think a lot of people who really loved this genre of game like, they were willing to shuck out the money to play different songs, but it had to be songs they wanted to play. Right. And I think that really with Guitar Hero, with the last couple of iterations, they just did not have a lot of great exclusives that people really wanted to play. Um, so I think that was another big kind of contributor to this. Well, this is at the time, too, um, they're doing the side games. Uh, they're doing the Aerosmith. They did Beatles. So does Rockband. Or is it just... Guitar Hero never did. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, sorry. Yeah, they have Aerosmith, Metallica, ACDC, Van Halen. Van Halen. Yep, I remember the Van Halen one. Not that I... (laughs) I actually like all those bands. The Van Halen one was a complete flop, and they just started giving it away for free. Yeah, they did. hilarious. But I was like... Do I need to have these? Can't they just be downloadable content? What was the big thing? Why do I have to pay 30, 40 bucks for, like, you know, the... 12 to 20 Aerosmith songs. Right. Like, just let me do it for, like, 10, 15 bucks on DLC, and we're good. Or I pick the songs that I want. Right. So. They never really had a solid music store um, overall. No. Um, And that was one of the big differentiators between them and Rock Band. Um, So, kind of the round out. um, So, you had Guitar Hero 5, which came out in 2009. Um, They kind of had the party mode. Which you could drop in, you could change difficulty. Um, so that was kind of neat. But again, ultimately, with how the experience was set in the consumer's mind, it didn't matter at this point. 
They weren't really revolutionizing it. Everyone had the rock band motive of, hey, let's go play these songs as hard as we possibly can. Period. Yeah. And that was that was kind of the thing. I mean, I would do that for hours in college. We would just show up and be like, hey, want to play rock band for four hours? Okay, let's go do it. Definitely. Um, so many parties I went to with rock band. Right. So many parties. We would have rock band <coughs> competitions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we absolutely. would just form bands of four, and whoever got the highest score would win. Yep. Um, so then you had um, kind of guitar heroes really... Um, Beyond Band Hero, which was also a flop. Um, But you had Guitar Hero Warriors of Rock, which was kind of took it in a very different direction. There was this quest mode. There were powers. There were all kind of weird. Yeah, that was the end. That was that's 2010, and that's the end. Yeah, and uh, so they really tried to do some different things with it, but it was too late. The genre was oversaturated. Everyone had a, an experience in mind at this point when they were looking at this game, and, and that didn't fit the mold, and it just it didn't go over well. Um, so kind of you had, and also, of course, you had mobile phone iterations. You had DS iterations of these games, which were kind of different. Um, the mobile phone one wasn't, it wasn't actually that bad. I did play that. It's kind of tapping, though. I mean, again, it's, it it's, it's, tap, it's one of those yeah. things where it's like it's not the same experience. Tap, right? tap revolution. Right. We didn't talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they. Um, that's it. There was the. It was the end for them in 2010 into 2011. That was the last time that we saw them. Right. Um, yeah. And we'll talk more about Guitar Hero Live, which is what's coming out this year that they've uh, just recently kind of showed, you know, trailers and things like that. We'll get back to that because we're going to talk about that in Rock Band 4 um, towards the end here. Um, so we'll kind of briefly go through DJ Hero. Um, this is another experience that Activision tried. And again, they were just really, it just came down to the point where they're like, let's make as much money as we possibly can off this genre while we can. That's not to say that these were bad games, because DJ Hero was kind of a really unique experience. I actually have uh, both those games. I, I, had, those I games. know I had one of them. I don't know if I had them both. Um, they were really unique experiences. I just think the big thing is it's just people weren't interested in it, ultimately. Like, some people were. Some people really loved it. But ultimately, at the end of the day, it just wasn't something that the you know the the consumer at large was really interested in so the thing about dj hero i bought it for cheap at target like normally it was like a 75 dollar thing i got it for cheap and it was like 30 bucks Mm -hmm. so i said fuck it i'll get it and see what it's like and and the thing that really did it for me about dj hero was the Mm mashups was like you they mashed up two songs like very well i remember they did like another one bites of the dust with like another song, I can't remember like a Mew song or rap song, and I was like, "Damn, like this is smart." They got real DJs. They had DJ Jazzy Jeff, Daft Punk's there, uh, Funkmaster Flex. Like they had good DJs. Um, they had a really cool special edition that came out um, with an actual table mm-hmm. to put your turntables on. It was the Jay Z uh, Black and Gold Edition. <laughs> That I didn't have that one, but I did have DJ Hero uh, 1 and 2. And they were cheap because, like, really, I hate to say it, but, like, hip-hop is not as popular as uh, rock. So it's just not going to – that's it. And and being a DJ isn't as popular as being in a rock band. So it just couldn't do it. And MTV Games – 
they they bought it. They spent a shit ton of money to get DJ Hero. They promoted it on on TRL. Um, like it was a huge thing for MTV, and it did make money. Um, it definitely made money enough to do two of them. But this is it. This is 2009, 2010 for both those games, and it's the end of the whole thing. So it didn't really have a chance. It was already kind of on its last legs with Activision um, with their yearly model of putting out these things, and that was it. So uh, so let's go back in time a little bit to 2007 when Harmonix left. Yep, so Harmonix left, and they started working development on Rock Band. Rock Band being the unique experience that they wanted to have all four instruments. They redesigned the controller. Um, what was the, the difference controller. in guitar? So, ultimately, when you talk to people, when they compare the Guitar Hero and the Rock Band con- guitar controllers, most people are going to tell you they like the Guitar Hero controller better. Yeah, they didn't have the colors, right? They did, but it was on the sides, not on the front of the keys. Okay. Um, Fuck. I don't remember that guitar that much. Honestly, I mean, I'm, I'm inclined to agree. If I had a choice between a good Guitar Hero controller and a good Rock Band controller, I'm taking the Guitar Hero controller. Right. I liked I liked the feel a little bit better. Um, I mean, they were both good. Um, obviously, the mic and the drums, the drum set for Rock Band, which had many evolutions, um, but was definitely the better drum set for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, they also had pro versions. You could add cymbals to it. You could add yep. all this craziness to it. Yep. Um, which was really cool. Um, the one big thing overall that you're going to see with Rock Band is that none of them failed. They just kept building on the same experience. There wasn't a failure between all of the games that were released, including the two band-centric games, um, which they picked, and I think this is a big part of it, they picked great bands that were relevant and weren't going to show up on the competition. So they put out Beatles and Green Day, which yeah. were perfect. Beatles because it's the freaking Beatles. And the game is so well polished um, from top to bottom. The whole experience is just, it's, it's a phenomenal experience. The only downside to the Beatles Rock Band, it was the only game in Rock Band's catalog that you couldn't import in other games. So I, you know, I had Guitar Hero 3, And I said, I'm not going to get Rock Band. What do I need it for? Enough people have it. And I go, if they made a Green Day one, though, I think I might do it. And then they did it. And I was like, fuck it. That day, I went out and I bought it. And I bought Beatles. Um, The Beatles one is super fun. And it had... It was cool, like, you did the journey of the Beatles. And you played at, like, Ed Sullivan Theater and all that kind of stuff. And it was awesome. I remember there was... A couple songs that were missing, and I remember being really annoyed. Right, <laughs> like, the, initial, like, the initial, re- yeah, the initial release of, of of the Beatles Rock Band did have some major songs. That I think were it was missing. like Eleanor Rigby because that's my favorite Beatles. Song, but they did it? eventually release. They them. did, yeah. um, and that was the yeah. So, and again, like uh, specifically with the Beatles, getting anything from the Beatles digitally or in current right. time is. It's a it's a really difficult. I mean, it's only been a couple of years since the Beatles album. You know, their whole collection has been on iTunes, which that was a huge fight, right? Um, so, and you'll never see it on Pandora or Spotify. You'll never see the Beatles on there. It just won't happen, um, just because of you know the owners. 
of their material. So um, Green Day, much in the same way of the Beatles, again, a very well-polished game um, that was from top to bottom, really well-polished. But again, a great catalog of music from a great band where multiple songs were relevant. Um, That was right at the time of... um Boulevard and Broken Deep. Yeah, it was right after, American, 20, right after 21st Century Breakdown and come out. Was it after mm-hmm. that? Okay, so whatever. I don't like that album. But <laughs> all the other ones before it, I did like. Mm-hmm. And they were just like doing their Broadway thing too. Right. So, um, yeah, it was very good timing for Green Day to do that. Right. Very good timing. And then you come to find out and you realize, wow, all of Green Day's older stuff is harder than their newer stuff. Hell yeah, that's why I don't <laughs> like it as much. That's it. So... Um, so, I mean, again, both excellent games. Green Day was importable into the games that would follow Rock Band 3. Um, Rock Band 3 was really the, the peak of the genre for the game. Because Rock Band 3 had... What every, year is that? That's 2010. Okay. And it was... Because it allowed you to import everything. So you, except for the Beatles, um, you could import Rock Band 2, the original Rock Band, Green Day, Lego Rock Band. You yep. can include all of these, um, all of their music in there. By the time I had stopped buying DLC for Rock Band 3, I was over 500 songs. Damn. Um, I hope those go into Rock Band 4. I was just they screwed. will. Okay. You've already been told <laughs> that everything you've had will be importable into Rock Band 4. I don't know how they're going to do that. I'm curious to see, but um, I think that that's very smart. Um, It also makes me think that there isn't going to be a ton in terms of new gameplay um, for Rock Band 4, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, Rock Band Blitz was a really kind of quick spinoff. Hey, you can play on your controller, and you can use all of your songs that you have. It was all right. Um, I don't... It didn't really. I don't think it really took off. It was kind of. It was just kind of single player experience, um, you know, just trying to get a eke out a little bit more money while they had the chance, kind of thing. Um, the mobile games are mobile games. I mean, again, to me, the mobile games are nothing because it's just it's not the same experience. So, realistically, I mean, if you look at the Rock Band games, um, the the first three. They just built on each other. They added more to the library, but you could play the previous games, previous games music in the new one, yep. which I think was huge, and that's why people kept buying it. Rock Band kind of retrained the consumer to pick up games because of their song library. Yeah. Um, as opposed to the gameplay experience, because they already knew what the gameplay experience was. Um, it was just, what kind of songs do you have? And, oh, I can play all my other songs. And what's the online experience like and all of that? Um, which kind of leads us right into talking about the differences between Rock Band 4 and Guitar Hero Live, which we already know that there's going to be a fundamental difference between these two games. Um, so I guess we'll just jump right into it. Yeah. Rock Band 4, they're intending on releasing it as a platform for music that's going to last the entire generation of this console generation. So you will not see a Rock Band 5. I don't want to. They have no intention of making I don't think... Nowadays... I mean, it's a little bit different. You know, we talked about Call of Duty for a second. You know, you got to come up with a new game. Right. You know what I mean? You do. Um, 
this is just music. Right. You know what I mean? And as far as the peripherals go, they didn't change it. Right. They never reinvented like how they do it. And Oh, I well, forget to mention, Rock Band 3 had a keyboard. And that, that is kind of important to mention. Uh, they did add a keyboard in Rock Band 3. They also had pro guitar and pro drums. Um, which again was just them trying to How kind did of the keyboard go. I never played that. Uh, the keyboard was fine. It's 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 a unique experience, but again, it was only on those songs. So like your old songs didn't have it, um, which I think kind of took away a bit from the experience because you know, and you couldn't play with five players. You could still only play with four. So it, it wasn't well thought out. Um, I think in the end, I think they just tried to add something new to it to kind of bring, you know, kind of revitalize it. In the end, it's still that four-player experience, which is why most people bought it. They tried the keyboard. It was a novelty. Um, and again, Rock Band 4 is not going to have it at all. So We forgot about Rocksmith. Right. <laughs> so that's kind of the gap. Um, so I guess before we get into the new games, we'll talk a little bit about Rocksmith, because that's kind of bridging the gap. Because you played that. That was 2000. 14? They've made two. So there was one that came out, I think, late 2012, 2013. Um, and then they came out with one that's in 2014. So Rocksmith is an experience where you can plug in your instrument directly into your console and actually play it. Um, a real instrument. Yeah. That's the controller. Like they, they, did, they didn't make their own controller for these games. They just made an adapter. It's great because they can teach you how to actually play guitar, which is kind of neat. Um, the big thing for me with this overall that I've found is that they try to gamify it. They don't do a great job. But to be honest, it would be hard to do. It's, that's, a, that's a big undertaking. Um, so, I mean, overall, while it is a great tool to learn how to play and, you know, can certainly give you the push that if you really want to spend the time with it, you can learn how to play. Yeah. Um, it's hard to consider it a game, ultimately, in my opinion. You're just paying for a tutor. Right, more or less. I mean, that's a cheaper tutor. Right. <laughs> right. Um, and, but, I mean, the other thing is they're teaching you through songs. Just one method of doing things, um, in my opinion, not the best way to do things. Um, there's a... Fundamentals are not really taught very well in that game, um, which I think... You know, for somebody who actually really wants to learn how to play guitar, um, beyond being able to play a couple of songs, you would want to know the fundamentals before getting into some of that stuff. Um, but for what it is, it's a unique experience. It's awesome that you can plug in a real guitar or a real bass into it um, and play along with it. Um, I think it's great for somebody who does want to learn to start, maybe before taking lessons or things like that. Um but it's definitely something of its own. It, it is not... You, you can't draw comparisons to other games. Really. Right. It's not a rhythm-based game so much in the sense it's, it's just a... I just wanted to touch upon it. Sure, yeah, it's absolutely. Just a trainer. Right. More or less. I mean, it really is. So, kind of going back to Rock Band 4, you're looking at a game that is basically going to be a very polished... I think you're going to see a lot of similarities to Rock Band 3. It's going to be very polished... Um, I think they're going to have a good single-player mode because I think they're going to de dedicate more resources to it than they have in the past. Um, you're going to see access to the full library um, that they have, which is thousands of songs. Um, 
plus obviously new ones. You know, there's there's a lot of there's five years essentially of material yeah. that they really haven't touched, um, which they're obviously going to do for this game. Um, I think you're going to see an improved multiplayer experience, which is going to be awesome. I mean, the, the three was good on its own, but I think fours will be better. Um, so I think you're going to see a lot of that. I think Rock Band 4, it's hard for me to say. I think that it will come out this year. I imagine that it will. Um, the plan is this year. I don't think that they have a lot to do. I mean, I think a lot of their base code of 3 is you're going to see again. And I don't think that, again, I don't think that's a bad thing because I don't think that they really needed a whole lot to improve on the experience, so to speak. I think that, again, it's music. It's for this console generation. Um, there's been enough time where people are like, oh, man, I'd, I'd love to play that again. I think it'd be fun get my friends over and, and do this kind of thing. If you have the old stuff, um, it's going to be compatible. The songs will be compatible. The controllers will be compatible. So they're literally just releasing new songs. More or less. I mean, they're going to release new controllers, right? Yeah. That will be specific for these consoles. But you won't need them. Right. So I will get one. But they're I, not changing the controller for the, the rock band. Right. They are for guitar. Correct. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> there's... Right off the bat, you can just see from that. So Guitar Hero Live has a brand new controller. Totally different gameplay experience. I'm more excited about this one. Only because it seems like they are changing things. The problem with Guitar Hero Live... So it'll be a different experience. I'm very excited to see how this controller is going to feel and play. Um, so they're putting the the buttons at the top. It's at the top, and it's two sets of three. And it's not color-coded. Right. It's black and white. One side's black, one side's white. It's going to feel more authentic. It's going to be more like playing actual chords on a guitar, which is a cool idea. Um, Again, I'm really curious to see. um, But based on the fact that it's a new controller, they're already putting themselves behind the eight ball compared to Rock Band. Here's why. Rock Band's entire library is going to be available for Rock Band 4. That is thousands of songs out of the gate. Guitar Heroes, you cannot use your old songs. Really? You can't. It's a whole brand new controller. It's a new controller. So you have to. So you start with a whole new library again. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing that, that's going on. Um, now, Guitar Hero Live is going to have two different modes. They're going to have a live audience kind of thing, which will be cool. I'm sure. I'm sure it's going to be done right. So the um, way they do that is they put the camera behind you, yeah. and you, the audience reacts to you based off how you're playing. Right. So they they shot real people booing or cheering. Right. And the other thing that I like is that it's endless. Yep. The game doesn't stop if you fail out of the song, which is the way it used to always be. Right. So there's that mode, and there's also the music video mode, which they're calling it like Guitar Hero TV. And basically you'll be able to kind of flip channels, if you will, to play different songs. This will be an online mode, and they're saying that they're going to have hundreds of these available at launch and that you know, you're, they're going to be adding more all the time. My issue with this is kind of a couple of things. First and foremost, not everyone makes music videos anymore because that's a dead genre. That's Most people a dead do make videos. Medium. Huh? Most people do make videos. Do they still? Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, they don't show them anywhere. They on YouTube. <laughs> YouTube. So on Vivo... <laughs> Oh, no, that's the thing, dude, is that most people do make videos. I don't know if it's, like, cheaper now because, like, they're not spending so much to pay for advertising, like, right. on MTV and stuff like that. But, like, 
MTV2 still plays music videos. VH1 usually does on Saturdays, but all of them are on YouTube. Right. Because I watched, like, I spent the other day watching, like, Taylor Swift music videos, and okay. I was like, really? There's yeah. all these music videos? Yeah. So, okay, so there are, but... Uh, <laughs> Sorry. So, no, it's fine. Um, but I think the thing is going to be is that that's, a, that's another media that Activision's going to have to buy every oh, time yeah. for each one of these songs. So I just think that in the end, this is a unique concept. Activision's going to have to release new games. So unlike Rock Band, who's going to release one game and be done with this generation. Really, because that's what they're going to do. Don't you think that Guitar Hero can do the same thing? I don't. Um, I mean, I think they could, but I think that they are running a lot of risk because it's a brand new game. Yeah. So they are much more likely to release a new game that refines the experience. I think it would be cool if um, you... Because now everyone, well, not everyone, but, you know, you got the Connect and you have, like, the PlayStation Eye or whatever. If you got to make your own music videos... Neither one of them will have integration. I guarantee really? it. I'd be shocked to see if either one of them use it. Because you know what we didn't talk about, I was thinking, because I have one, is um, the Just Dances. Oh, and Dance Central. Yep. Yep. Those are their own... It's DDR combined with... But it's real movement. Motion. Right. Yeah. I mean, really... But um, those are huge, huge games. Yep, those are really, those are the new DDRs, right? So Dance Central is a rock band. Is is a harmonics? Like it? they make Dance Central. So, okay. uh, so they've kind of been into that. But again, I don't see them integrating that here. They I just think don't. it would be cool. It's like shoot, shoot yourself, then mm-hmm. put yourself in the music video. Right. Now everyone's about sharing everything. Upload it to your own YouTube channel, right. like you do with like the PlayStation, where you can mm-hmm. record things on the controller, right? Um, I think it'd be neat, personally. Uh, it would just be fun. So, I mean, ultimately, you know, you're going to see... I mean, ult- one of the things I'd like to see... So, Rock Band is going to have, you know, some kind of DLC store, much like they have had in the past. Um, I'd like to see it be international, first and foremost. I think that'd be really neat. I don't think there's a reason to have, you know, national separation for their library. Um, and I hope that they do kind of take a more worldly approach to their music and their consumers because it has been very much U.S. centric um, in a lot of what they've done. And I think there's an opportunity to expand that. I do hope that they do what they did with three, um, which allowed other people through the rock band network to allow bands to publish their own songs um, through that. So, and I imagine they will because I think that was successful. Um, so I see that that coming back because I think it's a great way to make money. Um, but it also puts less stress on Harmonix as a company to go out and buy songs. So, right. What do you think? Is this going to work? Like the two things, two questions. Is it going to work? These two things, they're coming back again after this five-year lull. And just specific to Rock Band... Is there sustainability with, I guess, just what, releasing new songs every couple months? They'll release songs every week like they did with with three. Um, For, I imagine that for, I see, based on all the indicators, Rock Band 4 will be successful. Mm -hmm. I think Guitar Hero Live is going to struggle. 
you think they'll release new peripherals to go down, like a violin, a keyboard again, like things no. to sustain it throughout the length of the council? Not Rock Band. No. No, no way. No way. Um, I think that they they kind of realized. <laughs> with, I think they realized with the guitar with Rock Band three with trying to include the keyboard that they don't need it. Okay. Ultimately, at the end of the day, if they can provide a great experience and simply coast on their DLC, which they did for two or three years after Rock Band 3. I mean, they really did. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they can get away with it. I'm just curious as to think... Will it be widestream success three years from now on yeah. that game? No. Like, are we still going to be playing it? Because we've gone without it for five years and everything comes back I will back still around. be playing it in three years. I'm just curious. <laughs> it's like, you know, I can talk all I like about, like, 3D technology and we swarmed the market as usual right. in America and everyone had 3D TVs for, like, two seconds and right. now we don't. <laughs> so, like... Are we still going to be having, are we going to have our dusty rock band, you know, units in the corner because nobody cares? It's not as much as the most popular, like, you know, party game. I do think this year we're going to see a surge, obviously. Do I think it's going to, is it going to continue through next year? Just based off of DLC alone. That's what I'm curious. I think rock band will. I think it can and it will. Um, But, well, I mean, I suppose that depends on what you mean. The diehard rock band fans will keep this alive for years. They can keep creating Bar songs none. if they have to. If it's and like yes. a beat mania, or so they will keep it alive for years. Um, in the mainstream Stem. audience, will rock band be will rock band be popular for two three years down the line? Probably not. Okay, um, but I think that the DLC will keep going because it just becomes pure profit for harmonics. Um, I'll be playing it because it'll be on Xbox One. So, um, are you going to buy a whole new set? No. Okay. No. Um, I will buy, I will probably get the new guitar for four. Um, and then since everything else is compatible, you can use it, um, which is cool. Uh, I may buy a micro, a new microphone cause I do need one. Um, but, um, Guitar Hero Live is way more behind the eight ball on this than, mm-hmm. than Rock Band 4 is because Rock Band 4 has the infrastructure already. I mean, right. that's kind of the way I'm looking at it. Um, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, both of these are day one purchases I will be getting. You're Without get a doubt. Yes, I'm getting both. Doesn't matter? Doesn't matter. Um, <clears throat> there's what? a lot of question marks about about Guitar Hero Live. I'm very curious to see how this controller plays. I'm just, I'm just so... Like, that's where I'm at right now. It's like... And, it's, just, and just for that fact alone, yeah. I would buy the game. Yeah. So, I mean, 100 bucks to get that in the controller, fine. Done. Is that all they're releasing is the controller? Are yeah, you getting I, anything else with it? Guitar Heroes, I think, is only a Guitar Hero experience only. Interesting. That that actually is also very interesting because, I mean, like, that's where they got killed. Right. To begin with is the fact that it was just a guitar when everyone else is playing with their band, their friends. So, right. hmm, that's yep. interesting. So, I mean, it's, again, it's going to be one of those things where, and actually. You think they learn. Well, <laughs> well, if now you have to get a new controller, and so I could bring my old controller, go over to your house, play rock band together, right. and we could have a band. If I have to go and buy a new $70, we don't even know what the price point is. It could be 100 bucks with the guitar and the game. It shouldn't. It should be 70 Yeah. Um, if they don't want to completely screw people over, but... 
It's very, very interesting now that I really think about um, forcing people to go buy a new product and not having it get up and go. Because nowadays, you can't survive without playing with two people. Everything's multiplayer. And I guess, yeah, you got the one person. You can play online against anybody else in the world, but it's nice. The Rock Band thing, I think where, where it always won out was we get to play at a party. Hey, let's bust out Rock Band. And yeah. that's why it became so popular. Yeah, this is going to be a guitar-only experience. Wow. Um, I think that, <clears throat> much like what you just said, is that, you know, again, you're going to get the curious. You're going to get the diehards for the music genre who are going to like playing this. Um, you're going to get, you know, people who want that a single-player experience. That's good. I mean, I could tell you right now, there's a very big possibility that the single-player experience for Guitar Hero lies better than Rock Band. It's right. possible. Um, but I don't think that's where but again, it makes it's money not, anymore. Exactly. Exactly. Everything is multiplayer everything. This genre was designed as a social multiplayer experience. Right. And so, again, ultimately, I think at the end of the day, you're going to see Rock Band 4 will do fine, and it will make the money that Harmonix has kind of been waiting in the wings to release another one that was going to make enough money for it to be worth their time, which they will get. Um, you're going to see Guitar Hero Live make a game, and one of two things is going to happen. They're either going to release another game that's going to be more like Rock Band um, within the next year to two years, or it's just going to die. Right. Now I think that's what you're going to see. Well, it's going to be interesting. It's I going to be wait. an interesting 2015. Day one purchases for both. Can't freaking wait. Musical based game. Anything else that you want to talk about these uh, things, Don? Um, I mean, ultimately, I would say one thing to anyone who's listening to this. If you are interested in these games, buy them. Vote with your dollars because it's the only way that this genre is going to stay alive. I mean, Harmonix has made it very clear that, you know, they had released um, surveys way prior to the release of this game um, saying, hey, would you buy a Rock Band 4? Would you, when would you buy it? Is it a day one purchase for you? Like, they did a lot of, of crowd, you know, of research um, before even announcing this game was going to come. So if you like these games, if you are interested in these games, buy them. Buy them when they come out. Because, again, you know, companies are smart enough now to be like, hey, if you're interested, then we'll make them. We'll make them better. That kind of thing. Five years is a good time to be without them. You know I what I mean? Because I do know that, you know, the last five years, there hasn't been that type of experience where you're playing those type of games. Like, I don't even know anymore. I don't know about you, but, like, when's the last time that you even got together and played video games with your friends? Oh, like couch co-op, basically? Yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. That's what I mean. Because really, like, yeah, you can play Call of Duty, Mm -hmm. but... It's not the same. But it's online. And it's online. It's, yeah. So, like, to, to get a, a group of friends playing a video game, I, I think it might have been since Rock Band. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that right there might be all it needs. You know what I mean? Let's trade cards against humanity for Rock Band. Right. <laughs> like, that's, that's it. Yeah, definitely. So this has been our, our video game music podcast. Um, I'm sure we could do others but uh this is the one so this is casey saying you know play on players <laughs> and this is don and uh go hug a musician let's hug you don oh thanks yeah.